Synth and Electronic Music Show brought to you by the Coastal Electronauts here in Whistable. My name's Peter Coyt coming to you from the Sonic Shed and co-presenter Clive Walpole is down near the harbour beaming in via Zoom. Oh, hiya Peter from my uh, virtual synth, synth cave. Oh yes, going on to the other, other side now. The other side now, yeah. It's like a min- minimalist room, just a little computer. Yeah, it just exists, it just exists on the internet. The trend is going towards getting rid of all your bulky analog synthesizers, isn't it? It's going that way again, yeah. But I'm trying to integrate it, so I've got the, the software integrating with the hardware and more. And the trouble is, it doesn't keep you warm in the winter. It doesn't, no. No, no, no. They are. Soft synths are cold. Yeah. So we're starting with a really um, great piece from... Matt Morton from the film Apollo 11 that was out a few years back that we went to see yeah. together, didn't we? Yeah, it was a brilliant film, that. I really enjoyed it. It was all shot in uh, in HD at the time, which was quite a quite a thing that somebody had the foresight to film stuff from it in, in uh, using, um, well, what was just high-definition high film then. Yeah. Yeah. And the sound... And, and, he, and he used all the same Moog synths that was around... In, at that time, so it's, it yeah, has yeah, sound it was all full drum machines and bogues and everything from from that period. So it yeah. all yeah it all works. Yeah, it's lovely, a lovely film, interesting film. Great, great project. Amazing music as well. Yeah, well, this is um, Matt Morton and Trans Earth Injection. Injection, yeah. See that film again now? Oh yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. I think it's on Netflix still. 
But um, yeah, it's a brilliant film that. Yeah. And uh, that summed up the drama that whenever they had those sort of burns to get them into out in and out of orbit, it was mm-hmm. like you depend on one engine and it's got to work, otherwise you're stuck. <laughs> oh my God. I remember having cars like that. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So we moved on to a piece by. Delia Derbyshire's Appreciation Society, who is that's Gary Hughes and who's the other chap? Uh, yeah, Delia's. Yeah, yeah, that's um, from uh, when was that? Yeah, yeah, '94. Yeah, yeah, they're they're called the Delia Derbyshire Appreciation Society, but they're obviously um, that's their name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're big fans. Obviously, they must be big, big fans. There's a lot of people in electronic music daily Derbyshire anyway but they use a lot of vintage gear and stuff yeah. like that which you can hear in the music as well it's got oh, that sort of lovely sound so um, look at that their, um, their studio shots have got you know, BZS3 and the, obviously some mini moves and uh, Korg yeah they've got all the classics really haven't big, they, they big move um, modular they probably yeah. use the same similar one to the uh, one using the previous track very likely is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. This, so this is um, from the Way on Flutter album. Yeah, I love that title as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's called The Desert Beckons.
journey, wasn't it? Yeah, it's lovely. All that sort of vintage uh, goodness, all those sort of sounds coming in there. Really nice. Love that. A coral. A melatron. Melatron. Maybe. Yeah. Could have been melatron. Yeah, it sounded a bit like melatron through like a phaser or something. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's nice. I like that. I do like the melatron. It's got that sort of retro sound. Yeah, and you've got the way I'm flutter with it, which is yeah. nice. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what the, all digital stuff is, is trying to recreate, that Well, that's, that was a... Th- yeah, you used to spend a lot of time trying to get rid of it at one time <laughs> with, with tape, when I used to use old tapes and things. Yeah. And um, yeah, now... It's all about I that. Want it ba- I want it back. <laughs> yeah, distortion. Well, it gives it the fatness, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You get, you get a couple of tracks playing that little bit out. Yeah, I suppose like a single a note, which is constant pitch. You sort of your, your brain just ignores it after a little while. But if it ha- yeah. has slight changes, it keeps your interest. That's right. That's what your your brain's searching for change, isn't it? Mm. Difference. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Fattens the sound up. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we're going on for it to a composition for synthesizer next. Yes, this is a a, a guy I, I hadn't heard of before. Milton Babbitt and uh, he's, he's obviously like a pioneer of the um, of electronic music and I looked him up uh, this comes from 61 yeah. and he he, was a, he started off as a lot of people seem to have done in, in experimental music as a mathematician right and obviously there's a big link with maths and music isn't there so and, and he played and, jazz as well so that's he was, oh you're a jazz player as well yeah. but and, and, he, and he got involved in uh, the um, uh, Princeton, Columbia, as a lot of people do, did at the time, Columbia, Princeton, because they had the big RCA synth there, right, yeah. which was basically a big digital computer and uh, for making music. Mm. And uh, so he, he composed music for that. So uh, presumably this one, I should imagine, is, is, is done using that. Yeah. This is composition for synthesizer. It's from... A, from a, um, Album I've got is a compilation album called uh, High Voltage Giant Steps and Flashpoints in 20th Century Experimental and Electronic Sound. Nice, nice, snappy title. Yeah, fit on Twitter, wouldn't it? It would do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. 
That's what I was going to say. Jazz influence in that, couldn't you? And yeah. also, I could hear whether whether it influenced him in any way at all. Uh, sort of stuff that Peter Zinoviev did later on. Yeah. Using um, the City 100 and uh, PDPA is one of the early people that introduced a, 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 a computer into controlling a, a conventional synth and. Yeah. That sort of, that's the same sort of atonal sort of sound, yeah, and rhythms. I think one of the things about a synthesizer at the time, it um, people start to think differently, like think, what can we do with this? Because, look, this, this, let's not stick to the rules. Let's see how yeah. far we can yeah. go. That's the point of it, really. It's a totally new instrument, mm. you know, even to the point where many of them didn't have a keyboard. Yeah. Because that for a keyboard instrument, and you know, you're tied into a whatever scale it is. You're tied into a scale. A certain yeah. Western scale. Yeah. Chromatic scale, which is a, just one culture, one culture interpretation of what music is. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a thing I was reading about the other day. They found a really old flute. Uh, I think it was Neanderthal. Yeah, four holes. So it helped us had a scale that could work on four notes. And somebody was listening to that as music. Yeah. yeah. Moving on a bit to the 80s, got a piece by uh, Howard Shaw, who's a film composer, yeah. and he worked with um, David Cronenberg in all his films. And the film Videodrome, he, uh, he included a Synclavier 2 digital synthesizer, and it was sort of to... Um, he wanted to represent his hallucinations, um, the video hallucinations that are in the film. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and it's, it's, it's quite a um, classic horror sort of uh, composition, but it's got that element of synthesizer that uh, makes it a bit different from the time. Yeah. yeah. We've got another approach with sort of digital synths, haven't you? You've got sort of different forms of control with a digital synth. Mm. And a lot more sort of frequency modulations and stuff like that with it. The tones of this digital synth give you really appropriate to the dark and ominous sort of nature of it. Mm. So this is the Videodrome theme from Howard Shaw. Mm. 
FM qualities of the of the synclavier, can't you? In that, you could, yeah, yeah, Lo- lovely gothicy sound there as well, isn't it? Yeah, slightly yeah. sort of church organ coming across as well. Yeah, 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 organs really. They were sort of the first additive synths, mm. you know, the way they worked, right? and that sort of producing those sort of kind of FM tones as well. Yeah, you're adding the harmonics and octaves yeah. to sort of create the create the sort of. Yeah. The, Pulling out all the stops. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was it, wasn't it? It was adding, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And you got that. Yeah. So um, this is the section you're. Oh, my little series. tribute uh, tribute to Mort Garson. Um, yeah. yeah, from from Plant Mother Mother Earth Plantasia album from '76. Yeah. So yeah, I suppose this is yeah quite, quite of its time. I suppose a lot of these sort of albums came out, but uh, with that sort of. Um, Sort of, uh, sort of bit of an eco theme, I suppose, in the seventies. You know, mm. we had that um, a lot of green movement starting out then. And this is Rhapsody in Green. This is track number six from it. And uh, yeah, love this. Just love this track. I love this whole album. It's, it's sort of, don't know, got got something about it that. After the Earth, 
we could all be as calm and serene as that music. We would, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what we're all all aiming for now. Mm. Well, it's, it's very relevant to, today, isn't it? It is. It oh. is. Yeah, it's getting more and more critical. But listening to that, the um, the uh, sort of like the delayed plucky synth sounds remind me of uh, this next track uh, from Air, the Modular Mix, which is um. Of their first release, it was an EP. Yeah, I don't know this one. I've got a lot of air stuff, but I don't know this one. Yeah, I'm not mm. sure when it was. Like, I think it's '96. It was released. Mm. It was. Um, they recorded it in their in their house in the living room uh, on the, on the four track apparently. Is mm. in there. Sort of, you know, got the Rhodes and string ensemble, Moog and uh, what they call the MS20s. It's, it's quite a good sound. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's uh, and it's not it's called modular mix, but it's not modular synths. It's it's sort of a tribute to Le Corbusier, the architect, mm. and his um, modular theory of, of architecture using the the, um, the proportions of the body, like the Fibonacci. Oh yeah, the golden, yeah. So you, golden you had the golden section, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a. I mean, it's a great sounding track, and uh, yeah, it's set them off. Oh yeah.
great sound for a bedroom mix on the four track. It is, isn't it? And even though it's was, it was an early recording, you can still hear, hear the style that they'd already developed then, didn't they? Oh, yeah. That's all retro, slightly ironic. Yeah. Cheeky. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a lot. Like, I love you know, the humour in all their, their work. That's what yeah. I really liked. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Really nice. I like it. Brilliant mm-hmm. band. So, this next piece you've chosen is, uh, I don't know anything about this. No, this was new on me, and uh, I've, I've got sort of links with um, the um, Alan Perlman Foundation. They, they produce sort of videos and, and stuff like that quite a lot, and they they brought out this um, album which I, which I bought the other day, and it's um, based on it was by a guy Gavin Coppenhall and Perry Leadopolis, Leadopolis, and. They're a couple of South African guys, and they've discovered a an old ARP 2500. Uh, in as a lot of these things end up in a in a basement of a, a college in Cape Town. And what a find. Um, they didn't want it, no, because they said they couldn't make it work. <laughs> so <laughs> he played with it for a few weeks, and then he's got sound out of it and found that it was perfect working order. Just um, <laughs> so they did a live. This is back in 1990. So, but though this has only been released uh, this year, and this was a live concert they did with the ARP 2500. And also they used because uh, they were well, I don't know, it was vintage. I suppose it was vintage gear then as well. They used the Roland, um, the the Roland uh, D50, which yeah. was a very popular di- uh, digital synth then. And also the ETI synth. Now I've heard of that, but I don't. Do you know much about ETI synth? But I don't know no. much about them. But an old analog synth called the ATI, and they, they had four synths in total. And this was a concert they did, in and um, they've just released it. And so this is one track from it. So it's um, yeah, this one track. And this is called, and because it's called, it's called B13 because that was the room they recorded it in. Right. And I think uh, uh, the title is just the length of the track, 4.45.
sort of element of, of Indian raga or um, and a bit of gamelan sort of yeah, uh, that feel as of that, well. And it? I thought sort of, sort of some African rhythms in there as well. Yeah, yeah. there's definitely yeah. some real percussion there, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It must have been live because it drifted. It does, yeah, it? yeah. It is like, obviously a live recording that was yeah. done at the time, so the sound's not absolutely spot on. But it's interesting as a, a sort of a record as well. That sort of yeah. Well, looking through my um, old iTunes library, I found this piece from a, um, a band called Well, it's a person's John McCaig from Seattle. It goes under the name of Effacer. Uh, yeah, it's a piece called A Study in Multiband Granulous Synthesis. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember how I come across this, but I really liked it at the time. It was released in 2017. Uh, 2007. Yeah. Uh, and they're using, using the granular synthesis, which is it's kind, of, it's kind of granular, is kind of come back recently. It has a lot of, a lot of sort of soft synth, granular based stuff, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I they was getting. themselves to it, really. I was sort of interested in granular using um, Max MSP at the time, mm. and that was that was a big thing there. Just just yeah. taking the individual grains of a of a sound and rearranging them. Mm. Uh, it's still quite exciting and. Um, It'd be nice if I did uh, did an oscillator for the micro freak, like granular bass one. That'd be a nice one, actually, because they're updated there quite often with things. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean a lot a lot. Of, Eurorack stuff has got granular, like the, the um, oh, yeah. readable instruments, the clouds and the new beads, that's a, a granular synthesis module, mm. Mm. which just rearranges the, uh, the sounds that go go through it. Mm. So anyway, this is, um, yeah, a facer, a study in multiband synthesis.
interesting uh, sort of mixture of sounds there. Really, loads of different textures coming in and out of there. Yeah, like that. It feels more laptop instrument uh, than from that time. I think that was it was more like the uh, manipulation of sounds through uh, through Ableton and and, and Maxim SP. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Which are still but, immense in their you know, what you can do with them. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, you know. Um, Soft, soft instruments have gone so far, haven't they? Now, with um, yeah, they've got you've even got sort of vintage soft since. <laughs> really, yeah, that's now. true. It's sort of that's funny, true. yeah. So I was watching a, a YouTube documentary the other day about origins of British synth pop, and it went back to the sixties, obviously, and, and and they played one track from Silver Apples. They're sort of rock band, but they used to go on stage with a, 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 a box. Big, um, what do you call it? Like a flight case full of oh, oscillators yeah. and echoplexes and and uh, switches and stuff that uh, they experimented with. Such an yeah. innovative band. Yeah, because uh, I mean they've always been using electronic music, but to use them live, it's yeah, quite, exactly. Quite a thing to do, isn't it? <laughs> it's quite a risk to take as well. <laughs> quite similar to the sort of um, improvising nature of the crowd rock, rock scene. And a big influence on, on, if you listen to Portishead and uh, Jeff Barrow's Beak, you can hear that sort of element of jamming and improvisation. What can say about I was going to say, in some ways, we said Portishead and the, the sort of users of v, the VCS3, which was a voltage control studio, I think it stood for, and it was, there was like three f- oscillators that were added voltage control to, and they were like fixed test oscillators that were actually built into a synth. Yeah. Handy Which size. gives it that quirkiness, yeah. So this is um, oscillations from Silver Apples. Magnetic flux 
So it's very contemporary, isn't it? Still, it does. It does. Yeah, yeah. They're doing well. But they were um, sued by Pan Am because of their uh, the cover of their album and the plane crash on it on the rear side. And they that's oh, no. all, that was the end of them. They just they were sued in every way, and then no one would touch them. What was it? A Pan Am plane? They, yeah, they were, <laughs> the Pan Am oh, logo on it. Oh, it's bad. Someone should have advised them there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so our penultimate track of the evening Electric Six they're, they're famous for their um, Danger, Danger Yeah, they had the single Yeah, back in um, oh, I don't know how long ago that was now but, uh, 2003 was it? It's probably, yeah, 2003 around, around then, yeah uh, electric six and yeah this is this is a track um this is from their fire from their first album yeah that was 2003 the first album yeah and uh this is called synthesizer oh that's handy and then uh, wonder how many band, like, electronic pieces are called synthesizer yeah hmm. interesting to find out how many tracks there are called that. we've got two on this right show yeah at least two at least two so yeah, this is Synthesizer and uh, from Electric Six. You can shake it all around You can go up and down You can lose what you found
Lovely tribute to synthesizers. It was, yeah. Yeah, it's hard running there as well, though. So then, on to our last track of the evening. A little bit of a banger. Yeah, yeah, got a piece of a banger. New album coming out on Behind the Sky label, which is Blue Tech. We often feature them. They're they're, they're very kind and sending out the, uh, advanced copies of their of their releases. And this is a collaboration between Steve Moore and Blue Tech. Steve Moore's a um, film composer and does minimal minimal techno scores. Mm. They say it's sort of a sci-fi. They call it cheesy, but uh, mm. I don't. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think it's that cheesy. Finding no. it quite um, quite serious in a way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with a bit of cheese, though. But they, uh, no, <laughs> but, yeah. it's, all bit, it's all a bit cheesy, really, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, but no, I do. Uh, no, I see what you mean. Yeah. But they're using the, the Prophet Five and Moog and Minotaur and CR seventy eight drum machine eight hundred eight, uh, amongst other things. Classic Paul gear, yeah. It's got a particularly nice sort of square wavy type bass on this track and throughout the album. So this is um, from the album Liminal Migration, and it's the title track.
special together for that yeah do a little review of, uh, and look back about what we've, what we've done over, over the last 12 months yes that would be nice yeah. Zach can't believe it's been a year Peter I know we should have a cake yes. <laughs> we may even get in the studio together for this one that would be good yeah join us on the Facebook page yeah yeah join us on Facebook for, for a, bit of, a bit of chat it's always nice to um, uh, get comments and that's under Coastal Electronauts but uh, yeah join in the session then we'll see you again next week yeah bye bye bye